Immediately a man was nailed to the cross, he lost all his rights. And if you ever get nailed to the cross, you lose all yours too. We love ourselves so much. And who are, you, who are we talking about now? Unbelievers? No. So-called believers who have never understood what it is to take up the cross and put self to death. See, because in the last days, there's going to be very little preaching about the cross and death to self-life. And so, when there's no preaching against death on death to self, self is going to flourish in the lives of many Christians. They won't even know that you cannot follow Jesus if you love yourself. I don't ask people if they're saved anymore. Who isn't saved? From the White House to the Jailhouse. <clears throat> I'm asking you, is Christ, does Christ live in you? Christianity is the only religion in the world where a man's God comes and lives inside of him. Thanks be to God that when I finally acknowledge that I can't do this, it's not possible for me to live the Christian life on my own. I, I'm not called to chart my own course. I'm not called to create my own destiny and ask God to bless it. I'm called to follow Him. I'm called to give up the rights to my life and walk with the Holy Savior. I'm called to let His mind be formed in me. His life become my life. His ways become my ways. His purpose become my purpose. His plan become my plan. And then the power of God will come upon me. Run from those that are picking your pocket in the name of Jesus. Run! Run from churches where men and not Christ are glorified. Run! Run from those who preach division between races and cultures. Run! Run from preachers that stand and tell stories and jokes. Run like you've never run before. Good day and welcome to the Removing Confusion podcast, where we do our best daily to pray, Bible study, and bring a unconfusing yet uncompromising message. The last thing I want to do is confuse you and... Uh, cause you to have any more angst in this world than we already have because this world is a very tenuous place it always has been ever since the fall of man man found out that he's going to have to fight his way through but he also found out the smart ones did that he's got a god that will stand with him all the way through. All you have to do is ask him. You know, seek him out. Now, the thing of it is, is in this perilous and horrendous world that we live in, where murder and suicide and rape and God knows what other terrible things that man can do upon man, wars 
and and earthquake. I mean, he just goes on. Well, God does the earthquakes, but you know, as it goes on, things are rather tenuous. Things are rather dangerous. Let us look upon Second Timothy chapter three. I know I've talked about this before. I know I've I've preached the messages. I've I've told people, you know, that this is a place that you need to go to understand the days you live in. Understand also that Paul wrote this probably A.D. 65. You know, I'm not a complete biblical historian on dates, but right around in there, 60 or 65 between those two. And Paul wrote to his uh, son, as he called him, in the spirit. Paul had no kids of his own but he took on this young boy timothy or timotheus uh, a greek lad and uh, placed him in a church in ephesus whoa there's a place to be you know where diana's temple and all kinds of unnatural things went on and i'm sure that timothy or timotheus we'll just call him timothy for the simplicity of it he was a greek but he was raised with, I would say, biblical background. Mom and grandma kind of brought him up, and then Paul shows up and and uh, sets him up as a pastor over these churches. From the King James Bible, we will go to First Tim, or I'm sorry, Second Timothy, chapter three, verse one, and we'll read until I get tired of reading. I'm kidding. And we're going to, I'm going to try to go as quickly as I can and kind of break down what, what Holy Spirit's showing me today. For verse one, 2 Timothy chapter three, verse one and following this know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous boasters, proud blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. For this sort, this sort are they that creep into houses and lead silly women laden with sins, led away with diverse lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. I'll stop there. That was one through seven. Boy, there's a lot of stuff in seven verses. We will probably take most of our time looking at the 18 things let me make sure I, I, I actually outlined this one a little bit better than I may at other times. Sometimes I let the spirit fly. And now I got paper that's stuck together. Excuse me. I'm, I'm old school. I write things out on paper. 19. 19 things that earmark the difficult times to come, the perilous times to come. Let's look at some synonyms i think they call these perilous dangerous hazardous 
full of risk shall come. He's telling Timothy they're going to come in his day even. He's warning him in the last days. Perilous times shall come. Now, if they're happening, as I've said many times, in the days of Timothy, they things progress as they go on. We have moments where there is a respite. Respite? Respite. Okay, respite. A respite of time, a little, a little break where things might level off. There's still a lot of demonic activity in the background. Now, some people will say, oh, you threw the demonic thing out there. We're going to we'll cover that as well. Uh, you know, Ephesians chapter 6 should never get too far away from you, where he says, this is also Paul writing, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. You may see a man, and you may have to verbally, uh, physically, but mostly intellectually or spiritually wrestle with them. When he said wrestle, it meant to, to you know, we wrestle. We, we have to tie in knots the enemy that comes against us. Now, let's just look at some things really quickly. <clears throat> Shall come. <laughs> it's just going to get worse, folks, as the time marches on. Because people are, are getting further and further away from God. Here in the great state of Ohio... We just recently had a vote, and it was a vote per- pertaining to um, the abortion rights of women. And that vote went in the favor of the abortioners. You know, there was the heartbeat bill, and even our our m- mediocre governor and his wife did many, many uh, uh commercial saying this this bill that's being put out there is a little bit too radical even for us for especially for us here in ohio you know we we're we're in that middle section we're not in the bible belt by any stretch but we're we're more the rust belt i guess but anyway we are most people hold to some form of religion now, the thing of it is, is they tweaked and twisted and played around with this thing so that they got people confused. Again, I am not one here to confuse you. A bill that says it's okay to kill a child in the mother's womb will never get my vote. I don't care what you put with it. Now, I'm taking it. I take the tough stand. What about incest? What about the kid? What about rape? What about the kid? And then they toss in there that a, a woman who may have a, uh, a a natural miscarriage. Those things do happen a lot, actually. I guess. Well, they they won't get any. They won't be treated if they go to the hospital. It'll be like no, that's bull, and they know it. But they threw it in there. And I know people that got confused because they, they talked to me about it. Well, a woman won't be able to get, I said, don't listen to that. 
They're trying to muddy the waters as much as they can because the devils that are behind all this want to sacrifice children. Once a child is conceived in the womb, God says, I knew you from your mother's womb. He talked that, he said that to Jeremiah. 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 He's saying the same thing to you. He knows your destiny, but he knows that if you don't know him, your destiny can change. Wake up. If you're 60 or plus, like I am, your time's numbered already. You don't know, even when you're 20, how much time you have. It is appointed to man once to die, and then the judgment. There are several people along the way who don't have that appointment. The false prophet, the beast, uh, I believe Satan, all, you know, whoop, they go straight into the lake of fire at some point where they will be tortured forever. It will never stop. You go against God. You become an enemy of the living God, and you will reap that whirlwind. What to watch for? We just read through that. What are we watching for? Men will become lovers of their own selves. Goodness gracious, if that just hasn't come... How many selfies do people take? Some will depart from the faith, it says in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Uh, they will depart from the faith, being led away by deceivers and their devilish doctrines. I'm, I'm paraphrasing things as I go along. But you can look these, uh, these other ones up, and that is, like I say, from 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 1 that some will depart from the faith they'll get what does that mean oh well i'm in the faith i can't i can't lose my salvation i can't blah 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 if you step out of the faith what does it mean if you decide to follow the doctrines of devils i i quote and i stand by and i don't care what anybody says dr michael heiser God rest his soul, who said in a, in a great video clip I had seen on YouTube, listened to it many times, I downloaded it, uh, he, uh, he made the statement, there will be no Baal worshipers in heaven. Now, for those of you who are a little lax on your Old Testament, Baal, or Baal, B-A-A-L, was the heathen god, or Satan, might as well just say it, the Diabolos, the devil of the Old Testament. He was the husband of those nations that God told his people to stay away from. There will be no Baal worshipers in heaven. You decide to go away from the living God and worship Satan, you are going to hell. Sorry. You decide to follow your own heart. It will lead you to destruction. This is tough talk, but...
but it's a kind of talk that needs to be thrown out there as we roll down the road towards the end. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 3, another of my favorites, because I know people like this. There's going to be scoffers walking after their own lusts. These scoffers are going to be saying things like, and it says this in Peter, by the way, they'll say things like, where's the promise of his coming? You've been telling us this stuff since, since our fathers and grandfathers fell to sleep or died, and still he has not shown up. I've heard about this since my grandmother, blah, blah, blah. You know, 50 years ago, blah, blah, blah. Guess what? You're 50 years closer if God has been so gracious to give you that time. And you should be getting right with him every day, more and more. Not further away, not scoffing his holy word. People don't know the word of God. Simple things they don't know. And for that reason, they perish. That's the Bible. Amos says it. My, I'm sorry, it's Hosea. My people perish for lack of knowledge. My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. Knowledge of what? Knowledge of God. Now, you can take so much knowledge into your head, if you don't let it bleed into your heart, you may have a problem. There's a lot of smart people out there in pulpits. You've got to wonder if they know the Lord. And Matthew 7 tells us those people will stand there one day and say, look what we did. Look what I said. Look who I, I led so many to the Lord, blah, blah, blah. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew thee. Jesus' words. <clears throat> Listen, everything you hear, Evaluate it. Evaluate it. You have to take things to God. Evaluate the messages you hear. Look to the word of God. Make notes when that preacher gets up there and preaches a message to you. Make notes. Take notes. Take a notebook to church with you. Some of them make it very easy. They only use one verse, and then they go, woo. And they may toss another one at you here or there. But take notes. Try to remember what it is exactly that the guy is telling you. Some of it's so feel good, that's all it is. Now, if you know that there's danger near you, you usually take precautions. You know, you store food if you know that there's a tough time coming, you know, uh, back in the old days. I'm talking the old days of Joseph of Genesis. They, 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 they stored up seven years worth of food because there was a seven-year famine on its way. God gave him that clarity. God gave him that message. And the Pharaoh listened to him. But then, you know, along the way came a pharaoh that did not know Joseph, which we could say in these days we have many pharaohs who come along and do not know Jesus. They speak his name, but as far as I'm concerned, they speak in vain of his name. They are unthankful and unholy. 
So we, as a people, need to evaluate the the messages we hear in our churches or on our radios or podcasts, whatever. Because when you know it's danger in the, in the presence, you had better be taking the precautions and getting away. Be a critical thinker. Your eternal life may depend upon your diligence and Bible study. People don't like to hear that. They want to. They just want to float along with. I've been saved. I know I'm going to heaven. Okay, great for you. Do you know it for sure, or is it because some uh, slick talker got you to say a prayer, got you to stay in the church, blah blah blah, and you you think he's done all these wonderful things? You know, a lot of them have not. Second Thessalonians chapter two and verse seven talks about the mystery of iniquity which is already at work in Paul's day. Remember, Paul writing. How much more do you think the mystery of iniquity, which pertains to the soon revelation of the Antichrist spirit or the Antichrist man? How will we know? If he appears now, some people will tell you if you're in the church, the nominal Christian church of the day, the ones who spread the false gospel of the pre-tribulation rapture, they'll tell you you won't be here. Don't worry about it. Paul tells us elsewise. He says to the Thessalonian church, keep your eyes open because before that day comes, this will happen. Men will fall away from the faith. They will apostatize. Then there will be, there will be a third temple of some sort built because this man will go up to the temple and set himself up as God and all gods or whatever claiming he is God. That will be the man of sin, the son of perdition. I pray I'm not confusing you as I bounce back and forth from 2 Timothy 3 to these other things because they all fit together. Every so-called religious group or denomination pushes or sells or even pummels their adherents with the message that they are the only ones with the real true gospel. I have noticed this more and more as I go along. There are very few, my friends, who do not claim to be the only way, although they they have their own thing. Oh, we speak in tongues. We are baptized in the Holy Ghost. Or, you know, um, uh, unlimited, you can't lose your salvation anyway, shape, form, whatever, fashion. You may never had it, so you can't lose it. That's right. I've heard guys tell the truth on themselves and then have to retract what the truth was, that they were coerced to the, to the altar. They went to Bible college. They got jobs in churches and found out, I'm not saved because some 
evangelist came along and told the truth, and they heard it, and they said, there's stuff in my life that ain't right. I don't know what they are. could be any of these things that Paul spoke of to Timothy when the difficult times will come. But it just cannot be when they're all selling something different. You got to be baptized. As soon as you say a proclamation of Jesus Christ, I, 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 I have faith in Christ, or you're going to die and go to hell if you don't get into the water. Some don't do any baptism. Some do sprinkling, even the Methodists, I believe, sprinkle. Uh, I believe the, the main objective here, and I believe in baptism by immersion, but I believe the main objective that we need to focus on is where is your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you a true believer? Do you believe that you were such a horrible, wretched sinner at one point in your life. You were at, at, at odds with all of the law of God to the point that if you died, you would have went to hell. And now you know because you have put those things behind and you have repented of them and you've asked forgiveness for your sins. You've confessed your sins to God the Holy One of Heaven, that's how you know. This tripe that goes on in salvific circles where it's a simple prayer that you recite after some guy. Oh, we'll bring you down to the altar and somebody will take a Bible and they'll lead you on a Roman's road. I will lead, I won't by the way, I don't care where I'm at. I will not take you down the Jack Hiles of the independent fundamental Baptist persuasion Romans road. I will take you to the law just like Jesus did, just like Paul did. That is where we find out just how far short we fall as at the law of God. I'm not under the law. If you're not in Christ, you are. Let's go through this 19 things as much as we can. We know this in the last days, perilous times come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. Boy, if we can't touch on that when they're selfish. And you know what Jesus did? He, in, um, several times through the gospels deny yourself take up your cross daily and follow me so men that love themselves and with all their selfie pictures and everything else that is you got a problem if you love yourself so much that it's all about you they will be covetous i think covetous is easy to understand they'll be loving money i I used a lot of this i i uh i pulled it up from strong's concordance sorry my mic slipped my uh strong's concordance will give you some pretty good uh definitions and if not uh webster's no webster 1828 
dictionary. Great resource for me anyway. But covetousness means they will be loving money or possessions or they'll want yours. Or they want more and more and more. I don't have enough. I need to get more. Boasters. <laughs> Another again. Yeah, it's pretty simple, right? Number three, boasters. That That's just an empty pretender. Somebody who's like, you know, I've got to one-up you on everything that you say. I've got to have one more above you with it. Proud, number four. Proud. Overwhelming. They have a high estimate of oneself. Pride is a killer. Read through the Bible and find out where pride and where you know the sins that happen that pride doesn't have a little fork in there somewhere. Number five, they're blasphemers. Blasphemers. They slander, they're evil. They're evil speakers, and they're abusive. There's a lot of that that goes on when you really break it down. You know, somebody that curses God's name, that's a, you're a, you're a, it's a blasph- that's blasphemy. Taking the Lord's name in vain. Or even if you claim that you are a follower of the Lord, but yet your life doesn't show any of it. Just hang with that one. And we'll touch it again in a moment. Disobedient to parents, number six. Disobedient to parents. A lot of kids today are very much so. I was. You know, we, we all have been at some point, For if we're true. We did some disobedient thing the parent didn't want us to do. We did it anyway. You don't look at it like this. When we pray, what do we pray? Our Father. Oops, who's that? That's God. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Disobedient to the ultimate parent, God. Now, did Paul mean that? No, but maybe not. But that's kind of what the Holy Spirit just dropped right on top of me right here. He is the ultimate parent parent to us we are sons and daughters i'll say it that way of god once you become saved you are a child of the king a king would ask ask his people to do certain things and to not do other certain things it's called the law of the land as long as it does not infringe upon the law of god we are to follow the laws of the king. Jesus is the ultimate king, the God in flesh, the ultimate parent. Be very, very obedient as much as you can to Father God. Unthankful, number seven, which is easy, ungracious, unpleasing. Not gracious and not pleasing to God. You should be thankful every day that God gave you another heartbeat, another breath. Don't be so caught up in all your day-to-day mess. I've got an appointment to go to the doctor, and i got to get there. You know, get all shook up about it. Just go. If you're late, you're late. Trust me, they will be. 
Unholy, number eight. Unholy. That's just wicked. Wicked and evil people. They have no holiness about them. And you can find them in the church. Once we get done with this, I will I pray I've got time. I may have to take an extra minute. Number nine, without natural affection. These are people that are almost inhuman. They're sociopaths. They, they're unloving. They're, they really just, you know, think about that. Natural affection. Now, some people want to use it, oh, that's the homosexual thing, that they don't have a natural affection, man and man, women and women. I don't really believe that's where this is going in this point. It could, it could go that way, but they don't have a natural affection at all. They just don't care about you. They could kill you and not think twice, or they could steal from you and not think twice, and those things usually one leads to the other. Number 10, truce breakers truce breakers they won't even enter into a truce and they won't keep one if they do so you know that that's 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 a that's a lot of legalistic sounding terminology truce breakers we don't really make truces too much with each other but it's it's in that where i decide hey look as a neighbor i'm not going to do this to you and you as a neighbor are not going to do it to me i'm not going to you know plant my garden on your property i'm not going to let my cows run loose on your property i mean if they break the fence i'm sorry but you know if they do we'll come up with a uh reasonable retribute uh what's the word payback well i'll take care of it but a truce breaker just says hey you know yeah i won't let my dogs and cats and everything else run loose on your property and next thing you know they're in there you know biting your kids and scratching at your your uh lawn furniture you know that's a truce breaker somebody who says he'll do one thing and then does not do it that's number 10 number 11 false accusers this is a interesting word i looked this up <coughs> false accuser the word for that little two-word break there is diabolos diabolos which is basically the devil Now, false accusers, the, 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 one of the Ten Commandments, do not bear false witness. The devil himself is the ultimate false accuser as he stands before the throne of God accusing the brethren day and night, night and day, many times falsely. Uh, I've heard a buddy of mine who says that, you know, I, I have, I think I've heard this as well, that, uh, Adrian Rogers, he was a Baptist preacher, very good one though, rather fluent. Uh, he said, when you lie, you're speaking the devil's language. Uh, and Jesus pretty much said the same thing, didn't he? said the devil was a liar from the beginning and a killer and, and all these other things. He told the Pharisees, when you speak, you speak your father's words. Ooh, false accuser, Diabolos. You're doing what the devil does all the way through. Whatever, whatever his attributes are, which are all negative, you've got them. 
you got to get away from that incontinent. That's people that don't have self-control people that just, you know, out of nowhere explode for no reason at all. You need to get some self-control. You do not, you, after a while, you just simply do not have any effect on anybody. They'll look at you and they'll say, nope, not, not falling for it. Not afraid of you. You, you can have all your yells and screams and carryings ons but it just doesn't mean anything to me. Fierce, number 13. Fierce. These are savage people. They're untamed. Fierce. Uh, came to my mind when I saw this was, what's her name? Uh, Sasha B. Fierce or whatever is the alter ego of Beyonce Canoles. Fierce. And she, you can see it in her face when she entertains. Now, sometimes, you know, guys get up on stage or gals and, you know, they make faces and, you know, that, that's part of a guitar player specifically. They, they're, you know, they're, oh, you know, they get really into it. That doesn't mean they're demonic. But when you, when you say you have an alter ego and her, and her name is Sasha Fierce, uh, and she takes over you, you don't even know. I mean, that's what the woman says. That's in her own, her own words. You can find that on YouTube as well. Number 14, despisers of those that are good. What does that say there? Despisers of those that are good. Now, we know that no man is good, but we do know that what, what Paul is saying here is this. There are people who are trying to do what is right. They are following the Lord. And there are going to be people in your church and out of it, your family, your friends, whatever, and they're going to dissociate with you. They're going to despise you. If they can, they're going to take you down. They despise you. Someone who literally, they hate you because they perceive you as being godly or good. Number 15, sorry. Traitors. Pretty easy, isn't it? They're a betrayer. They don't care. They they will turn you over. Jesus said that, didn't he? He said, your own, your own folks will turn on you and turn you in. Number 16, heady, rash, reckless. One that falls forward into, uh, I'm trying to read my own right, precipitous problems. One who falls forward into many problems, let's put it that way. They are heady. It's like being top-headed, or I'm sorry, top-heavy. You know, you can't quite, you know, you get that guy with a, you know, little, like a, bobblehead doll or whatever the head's bobbling back and forth or you know if you try to set him on his feet he's just going to flop over on his face people who get too heady are like that they're rash and they're reckless they'll run headlong in anything high-minded which is number 17 the greek word is typhoon what kind of remind me of a typhoon but anyway they're wrapped up in a mist they're puffed up and hungry. Or I'm sorry, haughty. Not hungry. Haughty. These are 
high-minded they're they're haughty you know those people like seeing the in the british things with a big mansion you know and they're they stick their pinky out when they drink their tea you know hello no you know all that they're they they're way above you is how they look at you but they're also wrapped up in a mist it's uh, that's that's the again the greek uh, definition: Someone who's wrapped up, they're, they're in this cloud that they they can't really see out of to see the rest of the people around them, because it's all about them, you know. Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. We're getting right down to it. This is number eighteen out of nineteen. Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Again, very simple to understand that. People would rather go to the movies than read their Bible or pray, or go to church. People would rather go, I, I, one of my favorite things to do is fish and ride my motorcycle. I've been accused of that's all I do, and that's not right either. But they will do those things. They'll find pleasurable things to do, and they, they, they turn on God. It says very clear, lovers of pleasure they love pleasure more than they love God. In this world, we live in a very pleasure-driven society, especially here in the United States, Western, Western Hemisphere, the, the, uh, uh, you know, the, the uh, first-world countries, I guess you could put it, although I'm beginning to wonder how many of those there are. But we have become, you know, <laughs> streaming movies, I'm, I fall into that. I got to watch myself. But, you know, it is spend some time with God. You know, when you when you kind of come to it, which what's the balance? Is he getting more of your time a day or less than the other stuff that comes along? And we even as Christians have to really fight the things that we really want to do you know and and this can also go into the idea of things that are not that good for you that you still want to hold on to you still got those old rock and roll albums hanging around or you got you know, and you i ah, just gotta listen to me some acdc or some metallica or whatever and you don't realize this is how satanic these people are I saw a video of the guy from Metallic, and I used to like them, you know, metalhead I was. And he's wearing a shirt that said, Pray to Satan. That's shocking to me. You know who's behind them most of the time. People don't realize that, though. They think that God gave them the talents they have. Well, God may have allowed them the talents they have, and maybe he even tweaked them at one point or pushed them or tried to unction them with the Holy Ghost to use those talents for good, and they decided, I can make more money doing it for evil. Oops, not a good idea. Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. What is your pleasure? Does it overtake everything? Does it push God completely out of the picture? Verse number uh, 5, Timothy 3, 5 is our last 
and final one in this lineup. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power of God. People have a form of godliness. They may be good people. I say that with tongue-in-cheek kind of, but they may be nice people. They may be very moral. They may even show up at church. They may have the fish on their bumper. They may have all these things going on. They may carry around a big old Bible. They're showing you a form of godliness. A form of godliness. That's a, that is a difficult, you know, it's hard to break that down. Because you see him and you think, well, he's a good man. He's, he's a good Christian. He's a good preacher, whatever but they just have this form of reverence or respect or piety towards God. It's godliness. But they deny the power thereof. There is the rub. The power thereof. That's God. You don't want to deny the power thereof. Of God. There are some places you can go and read and see the the brutal power of God. Job is a good place. The lives of Daniel, people like Manasseh. Manasseh was a horrible guy. He was a he 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 even uh, sacrificed his own kids at the fires of Baal or whatever. Shanosh or whatever, whatever God they were playing with. But he repented to God. He confessed his sins to God. That's a very, you know, Manasseh gets used, and I've done it myself, as a really, to show people just how bad he was, these kings that they had in Israel and Judah. But in the end, he realized He had done some horrible things. He had stepped across some boundaries that God just was not going to allow. He became fearful of the God that he was supposed to be serving, the God that gave him the kingship, and he turned to him. See, that's what, when we, when we see, read this again, having a form of godliness, but die power thereof, big old colon there, from such turn away. I said that in the church one time, and I, and I looked at the preacher. I said, do you think that's what that means? You're supposed to just turn away from these people? No, 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 no. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. That's what it says right there. From such, the ones especially that have a form of godliness, but they deny God. Turn away. That is repentance in a way, too, because you can just as easily be sucked in to this form of godliness where they deny the power of him. Oh, they'll talk about God on the throne. They'll talk about this. Oh, he's still in control. God's my co-pilot. I love that one because I'm like, you're in the wrong seat. If God's your co-pilot, you're sitting in the wrong seat. 
move to the right. That's where a co-pilot sits on the right. God is the pilot or he's nothing. It's like saying, well, God's my vice president, you know, because remember what John Adams, and I, I quote when, in a paraphrasing way, he said, I'll either be absolutely everything or absolutely nothing. He, had, he knew he had no power as a vice, vice P, you know, vice president. The co-pilot actually does have some jobs to do. You know, he's got, he's got just as much as the pilot does. But the pilot makes the decisions. If something happens to that pilot, then the co-pilot takes over. In our case, God is a pilot. We're the co-pilot. Nothing's ever going to happen to God. Listen to what he says. Keep their plane on a level, you know, flight path. Don't be playing with the controls and thinking you know how to run stuff. You don't. Get that form of godliness that is true and hold on to it don't deny his power he has given a very blatant rebuke an admonition and a warning and a and a and even a, a commandment turn away For such for of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead silly women laden with sins, led away with diverse lusts, ever learning but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. I'm always scribbling notes. That's from the other day. Let's look at... I've got a few minutes yet. Good, 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 good. What in that last verse again, withdraw or pull away or walk away from false brethren, false Christians is that's the way the Bible puts it. That's the way the Bible puts it. There are false brethren. There are those who claim to be believers in Christ, and they are not. From such turn away. They're false religionists. They're actually trying to pull you into some form of bondage spiritually. Some of them might even bind you up in the, in the trunk of their car if they can get away with it. But they're spiritually trying to bind you or bond you up. And it, that's not God's way. God is a God of freedom from all those things. But you are to be a servant of him, or as the word is, slave. There is good and bad as we look through this this chapter here that we've been in. You know, as it goes on, it talks about John is and, and John Brace, who withstood Moses, bad guys, good guy. So do these who resist the truth, men of corrupt minds, reprobate, concerning the faith that is second timothy 3 verse 8 for they shall proceed no further for their folly shall be manifest made known unto all men as theirs also was 
Paul tells Timothy, you know, you've known my doctrine and my manner of life, the way I've lived my life, my purpose, faith, and long-suffering, charity, and patience. Persecutions, afflictions which came upon me at Antioch and Iconium and Lystra. He's, he went through a lot, this Paul character. And he says, you've seen it, Timothy, and you know that even through all that, I never gave up on God. And I don't want you to either, and I want you to teach the people in in Ephesus to do the same. But look out for the last day's signs that are coming. Good and bad. Good and bad is what what down there at the bottom is. Having a form of godliness. That means some, you know, this is people in the church. He's talking about people in the church, all these 19 things you can find sitting in the pews of your church. Now, if you're fortunate to be in a church where there's only 19 people, I doubt that you're going to find, but here's the thing. Uh, What breaks up churches is, is these things where people get above themselves. They, they, they get more, worldly and less churchy uh, or less godly. And and the discerning people see it and they flee. Matthew chapter 13, verses 47 and 48, paraphrasing again, uh, it's a parable of, of the man who throws in a net to catch fish. And, and brings in a big payload of fish and they go back and they get up on the, on the beach or whatever at, at shoreline and they go through the fish because some of them are fish that are worth eating and some of them are not. You separate the good from the bad. God's going to do it someday. He wants you to have the discernment to know what to do today. Leviticus Chapter 11 takes us on that tour, and I think I've used that before as well, so I'll just paraphrase quickly. God goes through these different things. He goes through the animals that are good to eat and not, and the ones that are not. Good and bad. He goes through the fish that are good and bad. He goes through even the insects, which I'm not into the insect eating thing yet the good and the bad, how many legs or whatever. Uh, he goes through the, um, the uh, uh, fish, uh, fish, we did fish, birds of the air, the good and the bad. There's even, you know, this one chews the cud and it has a split hoof or, you know, and it bounces back and forth. But the idea behind this is to show the people there is good and there is bad. There is good and there is evil. The parable of the fish in the net, there is good and there is evil. The parable, or I'm not sorry, parable, not, not a parable, that we're, what we're dealing with today in Second Timothy, again, he's outlining 19 attributes of bad that there are going to be these kind of people in your society or even in your church, your church building. They are, they're, they are there 
to be usurpers. They are there to break down the barrier that, that keeps us away from the world. You know, we're not supposed to stay out of the world. We are part of it, but we're not to become a part of it and its system. Do you understand what I'm saying? We are to be sanctified or set apart, but we cannot be effective witnesses if we try to pull completely away and say, we're going to be like the Amish. And I like the Amish. They, they're, they're, they're pretty cool. But the thing of it is, is they've settled themselves where it's only them. The Mennonites are kind of in the same route. They're a little bit less. You see them at more at Walmart and they drive cars. But, the, you know, we're not to get like that. I can't, I can't effectively be a witness to people who are unsaved by saying I'm not going to have anything to do with them. That's ridiculous. We have to be out there in the world. And Paul, like said, uh, Paul said, you, Timothy, have seen, you know my gospel, and you've seen my manner of living. And for that, you can be thankful. Because that's what gets us through to other people. You may even get through to those people in your church that are have they've departed the faith. They're just sitting in the in the pews because they think that's where they should be. They're checking a box for Sunday morning, and you'll never see them again till the next Sunday morning. Now, sickness and stuff like that, and disabilities. I know I understand those, but the people who are able to be there. Every time the door swings, they're not. Unless you offer them food. December the 12th, 2023. This is Tom Richardson saying goodbye for now. I pray that we have not confused you because that is not what I'm here for. I'm here to remove the confusion. Sing it, George. Now I'm a child with a heavenly home. Sing it now. My holy father, well, he's made me.